You are listening to the show that's reinventing the podcast game. It's time for the Maddie Faz Podcast. And now, here's the man who's been so, so deaf since the AOL Instant Messenger days. From the home of Pretty Fuzzy Productions at the Jersey Shore, the one and only Maddie Faz. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Maddie Faz Podcast, recorded live here at the Jersey Shore. Pretty fuzzy productions. And I feel like I always say this in the, to start off the shows, but yes, we are still kind of uh, recording here in purgatory, as I call it, uh, waiting for the new studio to be completed. Uh, a lot of progress actually has been made. I, it's, you know, just if... I don't know. I'm assuming most people who listen do live in New Jersey, so you understand uh, how things kind of work here. So, uh, you know, permits and paperwork and whatnot usually end up being uh, kind of the uh, the biggest deal of all. So, yeah, okay, we'll turn it a little bit louder. Uh, so that is really where uh, everything is at at the moment is, uh, let me see here. Sorry, I'm recording with something else here. I'm just trying to make. Okay, let's see if we'll see if that works. Of course, I you know I I decided to uh, you know get everything going and uh, <laughs> naturally uh, spilled my drink right as I was recording. So that's in, in one of my uh, original takes, along with coughing and all kinds of other things. <laughs> One day I'll just re- I'll release a show of just outtakes. It's just it, I'm weird. You know what? Like I, I genuinely love podcasting because I just love the freedom of it. It's funny. I was just talking to somebody about this, um, just about broadcasting and radio and whatnot. And I don't know. I mean, I, I consider podcasting as close to radio, I guess, without having a satellite outside outside your window. Um. But it very much is like a radio show type, type deal. And, uh, I mean, the reason I really got into radio was I just love the spontaneity of it. Like I grew up listening to Mike and the Mad Dog, Howard Stern, and you know, among others. And, and, and just, I just, you know, I would listen to news and uh, listen to New Jersey 101.5 where I'd later work in, in for breaking news kind of stuff. And I just loved just radio like you know it was just i mean especially pre-youtube in those days where you couldn't like tape something or now with phones um it's it was just that just kind of appointment kind of listening and i mean same thing with television but radio just had that raw kind of feel to it and um i mean still when done correctly it still does um, and there are some great podcasts that really capture that. Um, but it just TV to me was just so scripted and, and you know, and, you know, stand at this piece of tape on the ground, it, it, you know, talk with this. Like, I don't know. It's just look, <laughs> if I got offered a television job, yeah, I'm sure I would take it, you know, if it were the right thing. Um, and actually, um, before I talk, uh, before I took my, you know, my hiatus uh 
during my dad's illness, as I've mentioned on here before, um, I actually was in the middle of doing a voiceover kind of project for a television pilot. Uh, and uh, I kind of had to stop in the middle of it. Thankfully, the, you know, I'll say that, you know, no disrespect to any of those involved. Thank God the thing didn't get picked up, like, without me being part of it, because I, I probably would, would have technically been a big part of the show um, just because of how it, the format of it. But uh, that really that would have really burned if I had to give that one up. <laughs> um, so that's a whole other thing. But um, I'm back with the podcast. And, and no, I, and I say I'm weird, with the, especially with the podcast thing, too. Um, See, so like right now, as I, as I've said, the previous setup that I had, uh, you know, everything just had like its place, and it was a good size room, and it, it was just everything flowed, and even if it didn't make sense to many people, like I knew exactly where things were, were and where I like to sit, and um, you know, I had my like kitchen table kind of thing. Uh, I'll use the other pen. I, I, um, I, you know, when I was thinking about, um, that space, I was, you know, trying to figure out, all right, like if I did a podcast and hopefully had a few guests, like what would be the best kind of arrangement? Like, you know, I want it to be, again, to capture that as natural as possible. What, what would it be like? What's the best kind of thing? And I, and I thought, you know what, like when you're at restaurant you know and even like a like a chain restaurant and you know and you have a bunch of buddies and you're sitting at like a high top by the bar like usually you know (laughs) I don't know in my life like usually that's when you have your best talks you know it's not like a bar where you have to yell down to people and and that and you you know only certain conversations are going like you know when you have like one of those like bar top kind of tables you know high table like I I just feel like it's the best conversation you know where everybody's kind of loose and yeah okay get a few beers in you and that's when everybody really just talks kind of honestly and not in uh not as you know honestly as you know as they are in their uh social media posts and you know with everything being perfect but uh so I, I bought a, like a kitchen table almost and um, the people at the furniture store thought I was kind of crazy when I was explaining all of this and it was great. I mean, I got more, <laughs> I had all kinds of trinkets down and the foxholes we call it affectionately and that table probably got more compliments than anything. I, mean, I still have it and it's it's interesting because as the construction is, a, you know, hopefully gets underway very soon and it'll be quick you know especially the studio part um you know but i will have all everything really really set up probably as organized as i've ever had a home studio or home setup where you know it's basically you know it's gonna basically be like you know like a radio station where you can just hit a button and you're recording and you're good to go it's you know and microphones will be out already you don't you know everything will be set um (laughs) i've i've struggled because like i I'm going to get new furniture and some new, you know, lay out a few things, you know, differently. But um, I don't know. Like, I I still think it was just that the way that table was was just like a magic. It it created so many great conversations and, and, you know, for for podcasts. And 
I have a lot of good memories there. Um, you know, especially at a time when like, I, you know, I took a like radio, you know, is my, you know, kind of creative outlet. And, um, I've been back a little bit doing news and getting back in the game a bit. And, uh, so again, my, you know, my creative release back, but, uh, I, at that time, I mean, I was going through, you know, the worst things I could possibly have ever imagined, uh, on a daily basis, just like getting pummeled basically like mentally. And then, you know, and then I didn't have that. Like, I just, I couldn't focus on that. And I was all over the place, you know, as I've mentioned before, but, um, uh, you know, doing the podcasting, like I just, I, you know, I just realized I needed something and I just started messing around, you know, I would just do my own thing. And I, and I so happened to talk to some people who were all interested in doing it and collaborating on some projects. So it was just, it was a very, like, <laughs> it's weird. Like I look at it very fondly because, it, you know, yeah, cause it, it, we ended up selling that house um, and where I had my whole setup. So I got kind of, uh, derailed, but again, that'll be fixed shortly and nothing, no offense to the current room. And it's just like a, you know, it's more like a bedroom type thing. And then just makeshift area for, for, um, just all the equipment. And sometimes it can get a little cramped. Like I like to spread out. Like I've always, uh, I've always written myself as I've mentioned on here before too, um, like a little outline, I usually stick to like three topics on it. Like I'll write like 20 topics. Maybe I want to talk about just like one word of a topic and, you know, just to kind of jog my memory or jog my brain to talk about it. And then I just will kind of go off on my own little tangent, especially if I'm not interviewing somebody. Um, and, you know, and I'm, I, for this, I realize I haven't been on, I haven't done anything in a little bit. So, um, when I don't do those, I, I like to just, you know, kind of riff a little bit, but, uh, yeah, like I, I, I like to spread out. I, I usually have, will have my paper, uh, my notepad and, um, I like to have the newspapers. Yes. Cause I do read the newspapers most days, um, or a magazine. Maybe if I saw something interesting in, I just, I like to have stuff kind of around me, my drinks when I'm not spilling them all kinds of things like that. I'll, I'll like to, uh, kind of get going. So where I am now, I, it's, well, I, it's funny. I actually have my old radio desk at the moment. That's a whole other story. I'll get into that at a different time. Um, so it'll be really cool when it's done. Cause where it's going to be, we'll be overlooking the water and it, it should be like a cool thing, <laughs> but right now it's just, uh, everything's a little cramped. So, um, very much looking forward to getting out of purgatory. So there's my public service announcement that I make virtually every show, I think, or every episode I, I uh, record here. And it's funny now, I, like I've actually, because I have a few methods I could use to record. I mean, the easiest is, of course, just talking into my microphone, into the you know, my editing program, and hopefully not making much, much or many mistakes, uh, you know, and just uh, throwing kind of all the other elements into it and going from there. But um, you know, I have other methods I can use sometimes and I'll do that. Like I'll sit in different parts of the house sometimes I'll like even sit outside. Like if it's nice out on deck and just kind of 
just chat. Yeah, there's it's funny. <laughs> there's this bird that I have like a rivalry going with right now <laughs> outside that's outside. It's just uh whistling away. So if uh if you if you do hear that then I don't know. I, I I can't do much about that one. And I'm not going through to through this file to uh to edit out those parts at all. So you gotta live with that one. But yeah, I'll just you know I'll I'll just kind of like go and 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 mess around with a different piece of equipment and record a different area where I can just kind of sprawl out a little bit and uh, have all my things open. I don't know. It's weird. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, it's funny. I've talked about creative process before on on here, and I really like I I'm fascinated by it. That just the topic because it you wonder like you know like when you hear a great song or you hear a um you know watch a, a great show or a movie or, or whatever piece of art that you're kind of taking in at a time and now with the amount of, of you know just kind of videos and behind the scenes stuff and different things you learn a lot more about things than you know you, you used to and and I, I love documentaries, for example, like I love, especially like a sports documentary or like historical ones about, you know, like uh, just nonfiction kind of things. I, I'm, I'm pretty outside of movies, you know, television. I mean, I'm, I'm nonfiction for reading and, you know, documentaries and, and all that stuff. I mean, I guess you really wouldn't have a fiction documentary, but you know what I mean? So like, I, I love hearing about people's creative process or, it, like, you know, and again, as I've gone through my own, you know, kind of, I don't know, we'll, we'll put the happy, we'll put the ha glass half full label on it and call it a journey <laughs> as opposed to a tough time. It's, it's funny. That's always the word. Like if it's, if it's a tough time, you know, if it's, you know, if somebody's going through a bad, you know, a bad stretch or a rough, rough time or tough time, you know, they'll say, oh, it's my, it was my journey, you know, rather than just say, you know, it was a shitty you know, a few months or a year or whatever the case may be. But uh, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I'm, I've been pretty bluntly obvious, uh, honest uh, on this podcast about um, just different things and, and just, you know, I mean, and, and again, more or less to, I mean, I don't think people are necessarily uh, <laughs> lining up saying, oh, you know, saying, I, well, I wish I had Maddie Faz's life <laughs> at any given moment, you know, like they would with, you know, certain celebrities and, and such. But, you know, I, I've at this point, and it's funny, not funny, but I've read enough people where, uh, you know, they've talked about, you know, just hearing about different other people's struggles have helped them out, knowing that they're not alone with it and, you know, that, that they're not the only one you know, you know, on a given day and I can't sleep or, you know, is distraught about whatever or, you know, wants to have a beer on a Tuesday because or 10 beers on a Tuesday because they're upset about something. So, like, you know, I, I, I mean, you know, there's, of course, you know, I, I, I try not to include other people or other things, you know, in, in my, uh, you know, tales on here, but I, I will be, you know, pretty obvious, honest about my life. And, uh, if I'm going through, you know, a good, good stretch, bad stretch, something in between. Uh, so, you know, and I hope 
you know, for anybody listening, you know, it does give some solace that, you know, no, nobody's alone with it. And I guess that is my segue into like, like, I, mean, I, I know I started this whole thing by describing just, you know, my weird quirks with even recording and, and like the, my process. And, you know, I've, I'm, I'm, I am fascinated by the process of, you know, people who I find creative, you know, brilliant and how they write and when they write and how often and, you know, what they're writing and, you know, like how many, you know, how often out of that time, if they're not being productive, that if they're not thinking of, you know, just little things like you just wonder what it looks like, because I know what mine looks like. And it, people like if somebody saw me, like if they, if I was producing a news piece and, you know, wrote a whole article with quotes and, you know, videos with, you know, newsmakers and, and uh, an audio story with all these things where you hear it and it's like, oh, wow, you know, that sounds professional. It sounds good. Like, if somebody saw my process for putting it together, they'd probably think I belong in an institution. <laughs> like, you know, it's just like mass chaos usually especially if there's like all you know a lot of if it's very involved and you know i don't know there and you know and it's it's funny because the more i read about you know famous people you realize it's just like you know people just kind of have a method to their madness and you know they could have like kind of scraps and there's just that one moment and it all kind of comes together and just like that. So for me, I mean, that's part of like me even getting, you know, recording. Cause like, it, you know, it, I, while I love recording podcasts, as is what I was saying before, I, I, I really do. I, I love, I, I can talk. I told you I can talk into a microphone for, you know, two straight hours if somebody needed me to. And, uh, uh, you know, I usually end up kind of doing that, even though you're kind of supposed to go like an hour for a podcast tops and have guests and segments. I don't know. I, I just figure I'll make it more like a therapy session and just kind of just, you know, riff about different things and, um, you know, just things in my mind, things, you know, that I'm thinking about or whatever the case may be. So, uh, I mean, it all kind of goes hand in hand. So, uh, you know, I have my, my notepad and I'll write down again, these kind of one or two word, you know, little topics, phrases, things to remind myself, but it also kind of is the start of my process because I, you know, will, even though I'm not writing all that stuff down, like if I, like if I, for example, I wrote, podcast return because I know I haven't recorded one in a little bit and I'll start to formulate all those thoughts in my head about what I want to say about x topic you know and you know and my you know I wrote purgatory down and I wanted to, you know just to you know explain it and I try to spend a little bit of time on certain things and that's and if I get into a groove on one I'll go with it and I'll just completely ignore, you know, a lot of the list and it just really depends. And, you know, it's funny. I got into that practice, um, when I was, um, doing a Mets podcast with some people and everybody was in, it was like when the, like, like when blogging and podcasting kind of collided and you were able to record 
through a, your phone basically, but everybody could call into one spot. But you, you were able to get guests kind of calling in too. So that part was cool. And we were able to somehow land cool guests like Mets wise. And then once we landed a few, then we would say, oh, yeah, we, we spoke to, you know, Nolan Ryan, which actually did happen. We talked to Gary Carter. We were his last interview before he passed away. I mean, some random things like that. But, uh, you know, there were some lean times. <laughs> I mean, not being a Met fan is not easy a lot of the time Oops, sorry about that it's not being it's not easy most of the time so you know when there's nothing happening or it's off season and they're not going to sign anybody you still are kind of doing these hour and a half two hour things i mean even though there are other people i mean i would just i'd write down i'd read all week and all weekend about what the fuck i could possibly talk about with the mets and I would have nothing and you know, I would have to go through my, this whole, like every bullet point I had, I, I would go through and, um, you know, it was just, uh, it was good practice. I guess I would just kind of tor torture myself at times, like rather than just, you know, not do the show, I'd be like, yeah, no, we could still, we got this. It was, it was tough, <laughs> not easy. So, but, um, yeah, I, I guess I will go into the really the main thing I wanted to talk about, and and that's why like usually I won't do an episode, or if I don't really have like a prevailing thought or thing I want to just spout off about for a little bit, because um, what's the point, <laughs> you know? Like somebody could text me and get my thoughts on something if you know if, again if i it without that like i mean if if i really feel like i have something to talk about or a great guest or something that's when i do the podcast and especially here in purgatory i'm, I'm just like i said i'm knowing that the, the you know more comfortable more more comfortable digs are uh you know impending uh i, I don't know I, I i just find myself you know, just picking my spots with recording for the time being, but I don't know. We'll see. So I'm not going to do my usual thing and say, oh yeah, there'll be three podcasts this week or whatever. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, we'll see what happens, but oh, I sound like Donald Trump now. Um, <clears throat> that's fine. I've been joking around with some people, but and it, I mean, it's not my joke because a lot of the people covering Donald Trump have pointed it out when, whenever he says, we'll see what happens. That usually means something bad. Like if he's going to withdraw from like, you know, like the Paris accord or the nuclear deal or not sign something or, you know, like whatever, like the, you know, the, the worst, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, whatever your people can have their own views. I'm not trying to argue politics, but whatever the more net, like the no version of whatever he could decide, like, I'm not going to do this or we will do this. Um, you know, it's always, we'll see what happens. And that's like his, like, like that's like his rounders, uh, Teddy KGB, uh, tell with the Oreo cookies. So, um, you know, so yeah, we'll see what happens with the podcast for the week. Um, no, what I did want to get into, uh, was just, uh, this is something I haven't been able to get off my mind is the, um, the, the passing of Anthony Bourdain, which is, I mean, just crazy. I mean, 
Um, I believe I had done one episode after the lead singer, Scott Hutchinson from Frightened Rabbit, uh, passed away and he committed suicide he jumped off a bridge in scotland i if i didn't i i meant to and i guess i just i did not didn't record one but uh excuse me so uh you know and that really affected me bad because i mean while i listen to a lot of different types of music um and I try to do those episodes from time to time. My buddy Chris, Pat, you know, we'll talk music and talk some bands or whatever. And I, I'll try to explore around and see what, you know, try to find a few new bands per year that I really like. And, you know, you hope that they put out a good album and whatever. And it's just weird. A lot of like the indie rock bands that were getting really prolific kind of leveled off. And a lot of the bands I have kind of grown to like or, you know, just uh, I've have been kind of lackluster the last few years. So I don't know. I've been in this weird musical kind of uh, transition phase. You know, as I you know kind of look for you know these con- you know just a little bit more consistency and you know just things I can listen to all the time. So, but Frightened Rabbit was one of those bands, and I would always enjoy their albums and and multiple songs off albums and could really listen to them for quite a while. And, you know, and the, their last album came out in 2016. And that was, uh, that was when my father uh, got, uh, you know, was, was sick and it came out and that album and the album by the 1975 were out kind of around the same time. And I would be driving up to Boston or New Hampshire and back and, and all that. So those two albums very much became like soundtracks for that time period. So, now they kind of hold a little nostalgia, you know, for me. But um, so you know, his his passing, and I've seen Frightened Rabbit, and I, I saw them again not too long ago. Um, <clears throat> that passing uh, suicide was really tough uh, because I genuinely just love the band, and 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 you know. The guy Scott. I've read tons of interviews by him. I've seen him perform. I mean, he seemed, you know, like such a humble, just good dude, and you know, kind of like shocked by his own fame, and um, just wanted to have a good time and laugh. And he just seemed like a normal guy. And and I like that's really one of my favorite qualities in you know, I, I guess a celebrity or superstar people I'm quote unquote fans of. I, I just, I, I really, again, talking about process and the, you know, little things like that. Like I, I just, I, I'm fascinated when people are, you know, and again, Frightened Rabbit, they weren't necessarily the most popular, you know, he wasn't Bruce Springsteen, but they were popular enough. I mean, and they sold a good amount of albums in, a, in an era that, People don't sell a lot of albums anymore and sold out shows and were critically acclaimed. I mean, so by all measures, they, you know, they were a good band and and still very relevant. And I'm, you know, um, so sorry, coughing, but yeah, I'm not editing these out. So I, uh, you know, I, I, I was affected by that, you know, and, 
you know, not just even for the selfish reasons of, you know, shit, like, you know, a band I really look forward to, you know, having music put out by them, like, is no longer. So, or at least I don't think so, but, um, you know, he just seemed like a great guy. Like, you connected with him, uh, you know, at concerts, and he just had a certain presence about him that you kind of rooted for him. He didn't seem like an asshole. He didn't, you know, did, you know, you didn't see him yelling at his band and carrying on and acting like a diva. You know, he was just made the show fun. And it, so, you know, it just sucked. And, um, you know, I've, I've been up, that happened weeks ago and I was, I'm still, you know, I still was thinking about that and just can't believe it, <clears throat> you know, and so many crazy things with it. And then, uh, you know, you had the uh, Kate Spade, uh, you know, her hanging from early last week. And then, which was crazy and kind of, I mean, again, all these things are out of nowhere, but it just goes to show you again what, what I was saying before that so many more people are dealing with things and, uh, you know, I mean, and, and then you look at the stats, which I had not looked at, I guess, up until Kate Spade and then the one I mainly wanted to talk about, Anthony Bourdain. Uh, suicide is up 30% since 1999. I mean, that's it's really crazy. And I don't know. I mean, you know, there's obviously a number of reasons for that. And uh, a topic I rail off about constantly, not as much on here because I, <laughs> I realize I'm utilizing the internet and cell phones hopefully for people to listen to so just kind of seem dif- seem disingenuous to mention this topic but i will just for this particular point like as my own theory i guess about you know just this rise of you know mental health issues and and suicides and uh, more people suffering from depression and anxiety and and, and different uh, you know things like that I really, I, I just, I think the technology is just outpacing like normal social growth and evolution by such a wide margin that I think it's like, it's going, you know, look, I, I like certain toys definitely, with, you know, especially electronic kind of things and computers and sound stuff, no doubt. I'd be the first to admit that, but, um, it's just starting, I th- I really believe it's starting to make everybody just go crazy. I mean, you really think about it, you know, there there were reasons why uh, back, you know, when we were, you know, I guess people my age were, were younger, you know, you saw certain relatives once a year, twice a year, you saw certain people certain times, you know, certain people at school, like you, you had these things you looked forward to events you looked forward to it it's like now i don't know it's just like it's just like okay everything is just kind of out there all the time like what is, you know there's just i don't know like like even like a restaurant like you know, i'm tired of it and anymore like you know like you, you don't even have to like go to the restaurant to see what their steak would look like or, you know, or what their, you know, 
famous scallops would look like. Like, you could just go on Instagram or type in hashtag food porn, which I fucking hate, by the way, that, that those hashtags. But, um, you know, it's just everything is just so accessible and there. And I don't know. It's And people are just connected all the time. Like, there, you, you used to have to work to go online and get on to, you know started with AOL and Prodigy and CompuServe and you know then even in college you had Ethernet cords like you still had to be signed on to instant messengers that was it there weren't social media sites and then you know Facebook and, and MySpace and you know then Facebook you know and it's just now it's just look I think there are certain things that are great about it and, and certain innovations that are really cool with um you know, b being able to use your phone and, 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 you know, look up certain information and, and, you know, um, certain application, you know, things like Uber, you know, are, are great. And, you know, and when are, when done correctly, yeah, like there's some things that are awesome, but like, and, and I, I'll admit, I, I love Twitter. I don't really post that much. Like I, I like Twitter for news, especially sports news and, you know, and then, you know, just, regular and political news kind of things but like it's just i think it's the best way to hear about things quickly and you know be able to just get quick information without a whole article having to be written and it's, it's helped journalism i think evolve in a, in a great manner in that way but i think it's also caused just like this thing where now like you know it's just people are that like again these same people who you you wouldn't normally have to see for a long time or talk to like now you are you know in their circle or network or followers or whatever in every day and you have to see them you know posting about politics and, and just you know all the topics you're taught not to like really talk about in social situations now it's like all these people that you really you know like probably shouldn't like see or deal with or communicate with on a, on a daily basis <laughs> now you're just like having now you're ending up in these political discussions with all these people it's just and you know and then you add in your phone and, and like again like you used to go like driving was like an escape you'd go drive and you know and nobody would bother you you'd just go clear your head listen to music like that still is one of my favorite things to do if i want to clear my head now it's you know like everybody again you have to check in with a certain group of people every second of every day about where you're going like like again like you there used to be experiences even if they were like stupid ones or like things that weren't that glamorous like okay you know i'm gonna go play you know football for a few hours and i'll be home this time or you know, or to, you know, or to a girlfriend, I, I'm going to go do this and I'll be like, like now it's like, okay, you, you get the call and to, it's not even calling anymore. It's just now you're texting in the middle of it or posting on Snapchat and Instagram and giving basically play by play of what's going. I mean, it's just gone out of control. Like, I mean, I, I hate, I sound like the guy, you know, who's going to, you know, yell to get off my lawn, but it really, I mean, like I said, I I just I walk this really t tight rope of, you know, 
relying on a field where technology is very important and you gotta be able to adapt to these kind of changing and evolving technologies but like they they're just like i don't know and they're having such an impact on on life um you know like even you know for father's day i i wanted to make a thing and put a bunch of pictures of my myself my brother my sister my my mom different pictures of us with, with my dad and like it's like we have one huge bin of photos that my sister has possession of that I'm going to have to go look through or whatever ones that have been on phones of mine like I have to go now you know print them off you know go through them print them off and a target or a pharmacy it's just like i don't know it's like things are so dramatically changing like there was a time when yeah there was technology would advance but it was so slow and so like kind of methodical that you know it just uh you had time to really adjust and uh, you know what like while life would be different from our parents, it wasn't so dramatically different. So like now, like with my, my, my nephews and, and, you know, my niece, like I feel almost bad for them. I mean, who the hell knows would like, you know, be, I mean, my, my brother and sister and their, their significant others, like they're good with like kind of balancing out, making the kids go play outside. Like we used to, and, you know, and then giving them their time with their iPad. But, like, you even see them when they get on their iPad and they're on too long. Like, it's just like them, like, you could just see, like, they go into a trance. And it's like, who the hell knows what kind of long-term damage, like, we're doing to, like, kids, like, by stimulating them to this extent. Like, I mean, again, we like, the TVs we had and VCRs, if you had one, were, like, you know, the quality was not great like video games were not that great like like i don't know it's just the brain brains are now processing all these like high level graphics and speed and everything at like you know lightning pace and i don't know i mean we don't have any long-term research to show like what the hell it's doing to everybody but i and like you know i i'll say this i mean i've I've really, I've really thought about this topic a lot and, and, you know, and it's just like the, like the more it, the kind of the more I observe it, the more it's just irritating. It gets to me like, it's like, you know, go out somewhere. It's just like everybody's sitting on their phone, just, you know, texting about whatever, or, you know, and it's like, why am I wasting my time out, you know, at this or with, you know, whoever, like if I don't want it, I don't. I could sit at home and do this. Like it used to be fun. You went to a concert. Like you know, you know, you didn't have everybody just sitting there standing, holding up their phone. Like, like nobody has experiences anymore. Like it's sad. Like I mean, you know, it, you used to have these like just things you'd go. Like it wasn't that long ago. Yes, you you go to a thing and not use your phone for a little bit and come back and then you can talk about it and tell a story about it and you know discuss what went wrong what went right like now it's just like 
it's just like this, like having a play by play in your pocket at all times. And I don't know, I'm starting to rebel against it. Like I'm just, I, I'll admit it. Like I'm, I'm losing it with the phone. Like, and especially if I'm at like dinner now or sitting at like a table, you know, talking with family and friends or whoever, I made a very concerted effort to not even take out my phone at all and whatever. Like, if unless I have to, like, show somebody a picture or so, of something or, you know, like, if maybe there's a breaking news story that I'm interested in, I'll pull out the phone or, you know, it's ringing, whatever, things like that. But I really make a very, very concerted effort to use my phone the least amount as possible. It's just, like, I, I don't know. I, I just, like, I, I don't know. I, I just want to experience things again and, and not worried about posting like how quickly I'm going to be able to post it on Facebook and look I've been guilty of doing these these crazy things it's like you think about it like like you look about you look at things that that we all look back on 20 years ago 15 years ago 10 years ago it's like Jesus Christ how that we really did that I mean this era when like with everybody staring at their phone and arguing about every freaking topic and seeing who, you know, who's happier with their kids, even though, you know, nobody posts when their kids are crying and the, like the real shit that goes on. But this, this time and this era is just not going to age well. We're, it's going to be looked back on in like, you know, 10 years. And it's going to be like, what the hell is everybody doing like on face? You know, we really wasted that much time on Facebook all day. I can't imagine what is going to be next and what, you know, this next generation, you know, is like just how it's all going to play out. But I mean, yeah, it's just gone like zero to a hundred way fast. And like I said, I was, I was very supportive of, of innovation and technology, but like, I don't know. Like I, I, I don't see it slowing down, but I, it's like, I feel like I needed to just slow down a little bit. Like just, I mean, it's getting to the point like where, like you know, I mean, uh, the driverless car thing has now. I mean, I guess kind of hit a little bit of a bump in the road. No pun intended, but you know, it's had some mishaps with hitting people, and um, I, I think things have slowed down a little bit on that front. But um, I mean, it, it, like, I mean, there's like it's getting to the point where the technology is moving so fast. I mean, you think about the amount of jobs that are going to be replaced. That are, I mean, that already have been replaced, and are certainly going to be replaced. That you know that, of course, there's no you know it's going to happen. Like it's like the issue. It's I I read about it um, a few months ago. A, a, a guy who's running for president, and he, that's basically his his whole pitch is having a universal basic income because he says that robots and just artificial learning and computers are taking are going to take so many jobs that so many you know human employees are going to be rendered useless that we're going to need some kind of universal income. Um, you know, obviously not a huge number, but it's just so that people will have something. And, you know, again, it sounds like it's such a far out concept, but it's, I don't know, like when you really think about it, break it down, I mean, like, 
I don't, I don't, again, I'm not saying I'm voting for, I forget the gentleman's name, but like the, the concept is really not that crazy. Like, you know, from a common sense standpoint, it's not that nuts to think about the amount of jobs that are quickly eroding that, you know, and, and, and fading away for good because computers are taking them, you know, and I mean, look, it'll form new, new newer industries. Hopefully that's, you know, that's the hope of, of, you know, things progressing, but you, you don't know, <laughs> you know, if a company can like, you know, not have to worry about the human side of things you just have computers, robots, whatnot. Of course they're taking that route, <laughs> but yeah, that's a whole other tangent, but Jesus, this is what I do. See, I I start talking about a topic and I just ramble and ramble and ramble. This is my plight when I do these shows. I wanted the uh, bird just to chirp for a minute. Uh, No, but I wanted to discuss, uh, you know, I'm trying to keep this to an hour, but, um, the Anthony Bourdain thing is just, uh, I mean, still wild to me. And, uh, you know, like I said, it, it, like, of, of course, you know, so many talented people pass away all the time, you know, different circumstances, whether it's an overdose, suicide, something natural causes, you know, it, you know, uh, that part you get kind of numb to, unfortunately. And I've, our families have to lose, you know, some of our key family members. Um, just, you know, general. So uh, uh, death is becoming way too normalized in my life. So knock on wood to hopefully break that trend. But uh, I, when people who I'm a fan of and that I just truly find talented and interesting, you know, I really it hits me about them because again, like, you know, you, you do like you, you lose yourself sometimes thinking that, that certain people and whether it be an athlete or a singer or, you know, Anthony Bourdain, like that these people are invincible and they're not human, but, you know, they're not the computers and robots I was just describing. They really are, you know, human beings. And they, you know, they have the same things. Maybe, you know, they have a little bit more money and means and whatnot, but in uh, fame, but they have the same issues going on that we do. And on top of it, you know, then they're bothered 24 hours a day every time they leave the house. But. You know, like Anthony Bourdain, for example, I mean, you know, he, I mean, his stories are extremely interesting about just his rise. Uh, You know, he was, uh, you know, he kind of even in his own words, not, not one of the best chefs in America, you know, a mid tier to maybe above average chef. And he wrote an article in the New Yorker about like what really goes on at restaurants, and that became a Kitchen Confidential, uh, which is his, uh, you know, his book, um, really detailing what goes on, and especially in New York restaurants, and that then launched a TV career, and he left cooking and all that, and and I mean, you know, his now from uh, no reservations on the Travel Channel to parts unknown on CNN. 
and it's just you know he'll just go to places and and it's amazing how he weaves in just the whole thing about the culture and the, you know how the the food and, and the culture are, are, are you know are, and politics and the way of everything is so interwoven and connected and uh, and ties together in such you know an amazing way and the way you know and, and like again I always respect that I mean yes he does eat at certain restaurants that are you know you know you know three Michelin stars or you know five star rated restaurants things like that uh or did I say Michelin star what is it Michelin diamond I forget that um shows how many I eat at look you know while eating at a nice restaurant is great of course like I mean <laughs> I still love like you know going when I go to a city like I love finding like the place that's you know like the like the diner drive-in and dive kind of place, you know, the place that, like, you know, if, if you go to, I don't know, like when I went to the Kentucky Derby, like we were on a quest to find an awesome barbecue place and it took a little while and we found this random place that was just amazing. It was just, and it was just such a cool place too. It had a mini golf course and ping pong in the place, this little bar inside and like this just mountain of awesome barbecue for like 10 bucks a person and like it was just an awesome place and like that to me like i love finding places like that and that's the thing anthony bordin like would he you know he never he it was you know and i think that's attributed to him finding fame at, at a later age he um he didn't get famous till he was like 44 and uh you know, he said he, you know, had like no money and had this huge break. And I think it made him appreciate it that much more. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, he, he just like, he just combined all these things. And, you know, and you could tell, you know, he was such a gifted writer and uh, knew about music and movies and pop culture and, and even sports and like, just like, and it's funny that that's like that to me is like, I've always like strived to try to be able to kind of hold my own in all like those types of areas. Like, you know, if I'm doing broadcasting or, you know, doing news that like I can talk about whatever is going on, whether it's a po political thing, whether it's a sports thing, whether it's, you know, something in pop culture and know what I'm talking about and sound like I know what I'm talking about and, you know, understand like who's who and it, like I pride myself on that. And that's part of the reason why I read the paper every day. I read things all the time. Just I, I read articles all, all the time. Just <laughs> stay sharp on just like, just what's going on. And, um, it was amazing. Like I just always found it amazing. Like you'd go to these, these random ass places and just find this common ground with people that you would never think. And, it did it with like a you know soul to it and it, you know and he just had this you know very straightforward honest personality but very respectful to wherever he was going and the people it was just like this perfect balance of everything and you know that's why and you just never think somebody like that is gonna 
like hang themselves in a bathroom. I mean, like I, it just it always you know as it does with everybody. Like, it just it shocks you like when you hear like that. Like again, like you know, I don't know. I I, I know he, you know on the show they you know he drinks a lot. Like you know if he got into a D, God forbid a DWI accident and got self hurt or, or, or killed that way. Like, yeah. Okay. It sucks. I could see it though. Or, you know, he has, he had a drug issue and, you know, has by all accounts beaten it, you know, maybe he relapsed the night and, you know, and, and then overdosed like, yeah, that could happen. So like those kinds of instances, I could see it. Like I, and I don't wish for it and you hope you don't, course it's like you don't ever want it to happen but you could see you could picture it at least like this though I mean I just I I can't and I don't know I mean you know of course you know more will be heard about it but um I went to a wedding this weekend up in, in Cape Cod and my mom uh works up in in uh New England area and uh so I met her on Thursday, stayed at uh, the hotel she was staying at, and then we went up to, you know, the Cape the following day. And that morning when we were leaving, we were going to leave like mid-morning or whatever, she woke me up and was like, she's like, Anthony Bourdain's dead. <laughs> I'm like, what? And yeah, like at this point, like my mom and I, we kind of have our shows that we'll watch together a lot, like on you know, we watch Bill Maher all the time. I mean, you know, a lot of them are, end up being kind of political shows, but I don't know. We, we will watch certain things on, on TV together a lot. And, uh, you know, but we wa- we'll watch Anthony Bourdain's show. We'll watch Bill Maher. Certain people, you know, we'll, 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 we'll watch. And um, it's, it's actually, cause my father was born in Iran, um, and moved here when he was about seven years old. And uh, yeah, I think I've mentioned that before. But so, I mean, uh, not that tight with the, the, the Persian side of the family per se. But I, you know, grew up, or, or, you know, having to spend a certain amount of time on the Persian side. And my mom's side was Italian, Irish, North Jersey, two different worlds. And uh, but it was interesting always, you know, seeing the Persian customs and thing you know going to noruz would you know a celebration for that which that most of the people listening to has no idea what the hell i'm talking about it's the persian new year uh march 21st every year <laughs> you got gifts for it and it was a whole thing so you know i've experienced it but i mean like eating persian rice is the like doesn't compare to anything persian rice is you know like the, the rice dishes are amazing the persian lima bean rice when it has like crust and saffron and oh my god it's one of the, my favorite dishes on the planet thankfully my mom has you know learned how to make a lot of those types of things you know and she'll incorporate it into some cuisine um anthony Bourdain, you know but we i've never been able to go to iran in my lifetime because of our relation our, our country's relations with iran not good uh, you know, Iran's government is, uh, you know, things it's like in the year, like 1080. Uh, so it, you know, just, it's, it's not, it's not in the offing, but 
Anthony Bourdain was able to go for an episode. And ironically enough, uh, I was up in New Hampshire with my mom shortly after my, my father died. And that episode came on. And I remember we watched it. And in the episode, they had this, they went to the, this place. And it's like, I'm a picky eater. I will admit that. And that's one difference I definitely have with Anthony Bourdain. He'll, he'll eat anything they, they give him. Um, he says he always did it out of respect. But um, I, I <laughs> this dish was on there. And it was like a kind of a red base tomato kind of base sauce. And it was like cubes of, of steak or any some kind of beef whatever, you know, you could use a bunch of different types, um, potatoes and chickpeas. And you'd leave it in a slow cooker and let it cook for like four or five, six hours. So I said to my mom, I was like, Oh my God, like that looks amazing. Like, did we ever have that? And she's like, she's like, actually, she's like, you know, dad used to love that dish. And I don't know. So over the years, I don't know. I haven't made it in a while. And, he hadn't asked for it, uh, but yeah, I can make, I, you know, I've made it before. I can make it, you know, and a few spice. There's like turmeric in it and a few other spices. So, the, you know, again, this is shortly after he passed away. Like we were talking about it. And so she's like, yeah, she's like, you know, and this is, I was staying up there at the time in New Hampshire. So I, I went out the next day and got all the things for it. And uh, she gave me the instructions and whatever. We, I, I saw, so I was able to put it in the slow cooker while uh, until she got back, and uh, my God, <laughs> just amazing! Like, <laughs> like purely from that episode, I would never have even thought. Like, you know, I, I don't know, just the Persian things I've been to, I've never had it before, and it's it's a you know, it sounds simple, it's so good, and it's one of those dishes rare, like rare dishes where it's just even better the next day. It's just amazing the next day, like over rice. Oh my gosh, like uh, like that to me is like just it's a perfect meal. Um, but it was just amazing. Like he would just go get to places like that that like again you would just think are impossible, and like you know find these little places, you know, just these little gems. And I always love that, you know, like even in New Jersey, I I, I try to find my places. Like I'll like. If I'm up north, I'll still go to my few hamburger places that do hamburgers all the way, which if you don't know what that is, just look it up. Look up what a hamburger all the way is. I don't do the mustard and onions, but look up all the way sauce and some of those famous places and, you know, you, you'll you'll see what I mean. Just go there. I'll, I'll tell you, go to Libby's and Patterson's right by the Great Falls. Um, Don't worry, you're not going to get, like, jumped or anything. It's right before you get into like the heart of Patterson uh come on Silk City go to go to Libby's get a bacon cheeseburger with all the way sauce and you'll thank me later it's just the best I, I so I I, you know, I love places like that or that have that soul to it um and he just was a master of you know not only just discovering them but talking about it writing about it you know this the the way he presented the, the episode on new jersey he did which he actually grew up most of his life in new jersey at least his early part of his life and um just amazing you know just an awesome episode and it just encompassed so much so many different parts of the state and what was going on uh he he just was able to uh really you know 
kind of bring it all together. So I don't know. It's just uh, I'm still in, in shock about it. And um, it, again, I've I've read some things about it. And I'm still trying. I'm trying to. I've been just trying to figure out like what, like what could have happened. Again, like again, I always come back to especially I've covered enough news stories now where it's just like you know that's not like it's not again ordinarily look there are obviously exceptions to the rule ordinarily it's not just like oh a bad day happened and and that was the end result like that's ordinarily it's the end result of a long battle with whether it be a drug addiction whether it be depression or you know marital problems a combination of all of those things something like that i mean uh, what i've known of him and again he's been present a lot because his his show you know it it was on and then um the the newer season was just starting up so he's been doing interviews and things like that but um he he was married for many years and got divorced in 2016 and then met um, an Italian actress and director, Asia or Asia or Argento. He like fell head over heels for, with her. Um, she was in a few episodes with him on, on parts unknown. And like, by all accounts, they were like madly in love. And, um, she also happens to be one of the first women who came out accusing Harvey Weinstein in the New Yorker article, uh, last fall. And uh, then in May at the Cannes uh, Movie Festival, she called him out big time. Uh, that was May 20th. Um, and, you know, he would always post, like, you know, him kind of just saying how much she backed her and, like, was so proud of her courage for talking about it. And then last week, uh, Harvey Weinstein got arraigned. Uh, you know, and and, and charged by, by the NYPD. So they, you know, did the perp walk. And now trial's starting. And he, uh, Harvey Weinstein's attorney is Benjamin Braffman, who's, cover, who's been involved in a lot of high-profile cases. And, uh, you know, he's very aggressive in pain, you know, especially in these type of cases. He's going to, at like, attack all of, you know, the women... Who are accusing Harvey Weinstein? Uh, he's going to really attack their character, and I, I don't know. Like I've just theorized, like if maybe all of that now having to replay it again, and you know, knowing what's kind of coming down the pike, if that was, you know, weighing on him. In addition to like uh, people said, he was very tired from his travel schedule and work. You know, which is his work schedule. Um, you know, yeah, he has an awesome, a fun job, an awesome job, but he still has to work and do a lot, and he's not home. Um, you know, so that was kind of has been kind of my working theory, but you know that maybe that part combined with just being a little overworked and the whole combination, you know, put him into, uh, you know, some kind of headspace um, and took a toll on him after a while. You know, or. You, you had all those elements, and then maybe something happened. Whether it's something involving his divorce, he's got a daughter, something involving her maybe, or his girlfriend, or you know, or maybe he hit the rocks with his girlfriend. I don't know. That's kind of the missing 
piece to it. But I think a lot of the other things are kind of were kind of the underlying parts. And then, you know, the kind of the X factor is, was he using drugs again? I mean, uh, again, in my coverage of these cases, usually, like, you know, to, to hang yourself, I mean, yeah, usually that ends up being the case, but um, I don't know. I mean, nobody has said that yet. Uh, there has, I mean, again, it happened in France, so it's different the way kind of information comes out. So, and the American public isn't necessarily sourced within this, that particular province of France to, you know, know people who investigated it really well to get some information. So I don't know. I mean, that's going to be the other big question. Um, the thing is though, you know, they do the autopsy, but then a toxicology report comes back like five, six weeks later. So, you know, that it'll be a little bit before that comes, unless, again, unless something, a source leaks it out. But, man, it's just, um, it just sucks. Um, it's a real loss. I mean, like, uh, that's why I said, like I was saying, there are just certain people where, you know, like, he just, when they're gone, especially, like, when they're still producing content and, and they, you know, and still like out there, like, you know, that's like, I felt this way about Prince when he died. I felt this way about Anthony Bourdain when he died. I, I mean, the guy, the lead singer of Frightened Rabbit, like there's just certain people where not that their death is worse than other people's and, um, you know, just certain ones will hit me you know, a little bit harder, you know, among, I guess, celebrity deaths and, and whatnot. But I don't know. It just does seem like a lot more people are just uh, taking their own life. I mean, they are. The numbers bear it out. And, uh, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just been a really crazy time in the world. And I mean, and now I'm saying this as, that's why I waited to record a little bit. Um, I slept earlier and then I, was, I wanted to see this, North Korean Trump summit thing. I don't know. Let's just hope something positive comes out of it. I don't know. It's just the whole thing looks is way too much like Austin Powers, Dr. Evil kind of stuff to me. It's, it's, I can't even get into it right now. It's just a lot. Um, but you know, so, uh, I, I just wanted to at least touch on Anthony Bourdain. I mean, and I know like the, eight gazillionth person to, you know, you know, post something about him. But, uh, you know, really, I mean, he, uh, he's very inspirational. And then even like, you know, like I said, over this past two years, as I've kind of just tried to, you know, had to give up, you know, kind of, you know, defined me for so long. I mean, which I, it's weird. You, you promised yourself you, that'll never happen with like just a job, but kind of does. Um, and I, I was forced to, you know, I'm just saying not by any person, but I, I was put in a position where I had to make a decision and I did. And, 
which, you know, in some ways sucked, some ways, you know, freed me to, like, you know, like, consider other things in life and whatnot. And, like, that's what, like, somebody like him was always very inspirational to me. Um, and will continue to be, you know, I'll still watch the sh- his show and every, everything, and I'll continue to read about him. Um, I always found him as inspirational because he just just had, did things his way and, you know, just was able, he stuck with himself. They had confidence in himself, you know, and kind of, you know, got his break and, you know, he, he, he took advantage of it and lived life how he wanted to. I mean, so it's a shame. It's such a tragic end, but, uh, you know, he, uh, was a person well loved by people and uh, entertained a lot of people and seemed to enjoy, you know, the hell out of living. So, really, I mean, it, it, it's tough to negotiate because it is such a tragic end. But, I mean, every other part of it, I mean, is something that you really strive for ultimately to to have, uh, you know, and, and to, to live by kind of, you know, that, that whole philosophy. So, uh, you know, rest in peace, my man. Uh, a lot, he's, he's just entertained a lot of people and, uh, it's, uh, it's a big loss for, uh, you know, just, you know, just kind of pop culture and somebody who just had such a great read on, on the world and, uh, where kind of, you know, just a great way of taking the temperature of it and where things were at and just kind of boiling it all down and, uh, it'll, his voice will be missed. So, uh, lend on that note. So, um, I'm, I will try to come back this, this week with another one because, uh, I wanted to talk about sports betting in New Jersey and, uh, Father's Day and a few other things I had to get into. So, We'll uh, we'll come back with one, but thanks everybody for tuning in. Another episode, Maddie Faz podcast. A few more uh, down here in in purgatory before uh, the new digs are open, and uh, we get uh, some other ones cracking as well. So I'll keep you posted on the details. Thank you for all for listening. Have a great uh, yeah. We'll put this out right now. So have a great Wednesday. I think it is. <laughs> Yeah, is it Wednesday? Let's see. Hold on. It is. I'm so messed up with this time schedule. I'm sorry. Have a great Tuesday. (laughs) There you go. That's right, yeah. It's a Tuesday. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. I will, uh, I'll be back uh, tomorrow or Thursday. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to the Maddie Fast Podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit prettyfuzzy.com. Hit Matt up on Facebook and on Twitter at Matt Fazzlepore. If you liked today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.